0: Hey, it's Jeff Zito, and thanks for listening to another episode of Celebrity Jobber. All our past episodes are up on CelebrityJobber.com, available to stream everywhere you pod. Please subscribe, appreciate a five-star rating, leave a review. Our guest this week, a Hollywood heavyweight. As a television executive producer and director, Jeff Margolis has shaped hundreds of the entertainment industry's biggest events, including two American Music Awards, eight Oscars, seven Screen Actors Guild Awards, three Emmys, three Golden Globes red carpet specials, and the list goes on. He also directed and produced a feature film, Richard Pryor, live in concert. How did he get into the TV business? What was he studying to be? What was his big break? And of course, what was his first job? All of those questions to be answered With my guest, executive producer and director, Jeff Margolis, right here on Celebrity Jobber.
1: The Celebrity Jobber podcast with Jeff Zito. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, give a five-star rating, and leave a review. Check out all our past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you pod. What if these celebrities weren't famous? What would they have become? What was their first job? We're about to find out.
0: Hey Jeff, how are you I' I'm, gr- I'm great man. I'm glad to be talking to you.
1: Thank you I'm glad to be talking to you. How are you doing
0: uh, doing great man so far so good. Did you happen to catch the Super Bowl?
1: Of course of and, course and uh, the show which was incredible
0: did you uh, did you have any favorite uh, commercial by chance?
1: Um, I thought the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Ben Affleck yep. and Matt Damon and Jennifer Lopez was the highlight of the commercial of the night.
0: I, I agree with you 100%, and don't forget our uh, former uh, you know, big fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I know that he, he was a patriot, but don't forget about Tom Brady as the DJ. I, uh, that was the, the, the whole thing for me. I, I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, that it was really good. That was the that was highlight, and I was waiting all night, and they saved it to the very end. I wanted to see those Clydesdale horses from Budweiser.
0: Right, 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 right. No, they they yeah, they saved that for the very end because I heard that was the big comeback, right?
1: Yeah, that's always been the big, the biggest commercial on the Super Bowl. And uh, so I was waiting for it all night. and uh, there it was in the last hour of the show, right. So I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the football game and I enjoyed the half yeah show. D- How about you? yeah,
0: ditto. I thought it was all great. I really was impressed. um but let me talk about you for a minute because this is what we we we're here to do. Sure. and I'm so um okay. inter I'm so interested in in you. I went to I went to college to to be, you know, a film major didn't work out. I went into broadcasting, but a guy in my class ended up making a movie called Waiting and his name was Rob McKittrick and he ended up actually, you know, uh, making a movie. So, was it film, game shows, TV, what was it that you were interested in as a young boy?
1: Entertainment television variety I loved music I loved comedy and I loved those hour variety shows that's what my real interest was I graduated high school and I got accepted to USC as a pre-med student believe it or not wow. and about halfway through my first semester I thought you know what I'm not going to dissect another frog <laughs> blood makes me weak in the knees right. so I'm out of here <laughs> And I went to the film school at at USC, and then, but I really wanted to be in television. And UCLA had the only television school in the country at the time, so I transferred over to UCLA and went to uh, film and television there. But I wanted to be on a stage. I wanted to be in a studio so I could see how it was all put together and how it was all done. So um, I had a relative in the business.
0: That's what I hear. I hear, I, I hear that. I mean. Nine, I hear- not only a relative, Jeff, but I mean, like kind of a kind of a big deal. I was like, wow, OK, I didn't know about your relative. And tell us who it was.
1: Well, I used my nepotism card. <laughs> Why not? I called Uncle Monty, Monty Hall, who was producing and starring in a, in a hit show on NBC called Let's Make a Deal.
0: Wow. And, and he helped and, get uh, things going.
1: He opened the door for me. He knew what I wanted to do. He was very generous, very kind, very helpful, and he got me a job doing cue cards okay. on his show, which is where I, which is where I started. And I moved from uh, Let's Make a Deal. I went on to do cue cards on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. You remember that, <laughs> I do. Right? I do. And then. From there I went to the Sonny and Cher comedy hour as the assistant director, no more cue cards. And then after Sonny and Cher I got my first directing job on a network primetime weekly series called Tony Orlando and Dawn. Oh yeah. Man. And I took off from there. Monty opened the door for me and then you know and then you you've you gotta you've gotta do it on your own. Right. After that. Right. Play for free at
0: Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you think about you know what a career? And I'm looking at all these award shows and Oscars and American Music Awards and some films that you've done, documentaries, etc. What do you do you consider anything? Maybe a show? Maybe maybe Uncle Monty. Was there like a big break? that you can think of that things just kind of took off after a certain event happened?
1: Oh, I just, I think that, you know, once I started directing and people saw my style and saw the way I did it and heard about what it was like to work with me and stuff, it just, it just happened. One of the great experiences, which didn't really open a lot of doors, but it just put me on a different, playing field for a while, I did a movie called Richard Pryor Live in Concert. Yes. And, and it was the very first uh, movie that a stand-up comic did, a full-length feature. You know, stand-up comedians were doing specials on HBO and network specials, but there was never a movie done. I was fortunate enough to do Richard Pryor Live in Concert. And that was really a memorable experience.
0: Now, when we're talking about live TV, that to me gets my heart pumping because (laughs) it's got to be, I mean, full of anxiety. What a rush. Can you talk about, like, say, the Oscars and you are. Uh, producing and directing the Oscars. And here it is, live TV, anything can happen. I mean, is uh, is your heart pounding the whole show? Are you, you know, more or less kind of relaxed because, you know, you've done this a lot of times? But, I mean, tell me about live TV and if that is uh, as anxious as it sounds.
1: You know, I always sort of compare it to, that's why I call the book We're Live in Five, because that's really the last thing you hear, five, four, three, two, one, we're live. And I sort of compare it to a jet pilot taking off, you know, once, They push that throttle forward and the plane starts moving down the runway. They've made a gotta they got to get that puppy up in the air. That's right. And, And doing a live show is sort of the same way. You know, once you count down, you're live on the air, you're live on the air. Whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. Hopefully, you've prepared well enough so that you can, you know, get the thing off the ground and make it happen, get off the air on time. And... You know, I've never gotten nervous. I don't get nervous, I get excited. I really get excited when I do these shows. It's such a rush. I bet. And I love I love I love doing them. You know, I love the challenge of you know, these shows are supposed to be 3 hours. You're supposed to get off the air on time and you try your hardest to do that because that's what the network wants, that's what the sponsors want. But you can't you can't predict what's going to happen on these award shows, right? You know, a winner is a winner's announced. They come up, they make an accepted speech. You ask them to keep it to forty-five seconds, but they're nervous. They don't think about, you know, they're not looking at their watch. They don't think about it, and sometimes they start thanking their ballet teacher for <laughs> <the board>. Great. <laughs> you know and and their chorus teacher from high school and all that stuff and so that's when the When it gets boring, that's when the music starts. That's right. After 45 seconds. There's a lot of talent that hears the music starting, and they say, look, stop the music. Right. You know, I worked really hard to get up here, and I might never get up here again. So I'm going to thank all the people I want to thank. You know you're in trouble as soon as somebody pulls a piece of paper out of their purse or their coat pocket.
0: It seems like it happens on on every award show. And, And the thing that's kind of on my mind these days is, you know, the host of the award show. I mean, it's such a different day. I mean, today is different yeah. than five years ago. And how yeah. difficult is it to choose who's going to host this, you know, this show, I mean, how edgy, how like, you know, you want a balance of all these different things. And it seems like today has to be harder than ever.
1: It is harder than ever. And in the glory day, you know, the producer used to get to pick the host and you'd have to get it approved by everybody, but usually they would. And now it's sort of done by committee. Everybody's got to say so in who should host the show because you're dealing with so many, you're trying to get so many different audiences to view your show. And uh, it's tough. And you know, you get, have a guy like Jimmy Kimmel, who was on the air every single night of of the week, every week of the year. People are familiar with him. It's very comfortable. He's funny. He's good. And uh, so he's a good host. But the music shows, you know, like Trevor Noah hosts the Grammy Awards. He did a great job. You know, he did it. But he's a stand-up comedian. Right. He never thought he'd host the show, you know. But um, he does a really good job on the Grammys, and it's a different kind of hosting than Billy Crystal on the
0: Oscars. <laughs> right, right. I was going to ask, Jeff, do you remember your first job, your very first job? As a
1: director.
0: As as anything. Like your, your very first paying job, like as a kid. What was it?
1: My very first paying job was I worked at a fast, Food place. Okay. <laughs> I worked in, in the window taking orders. Quickly. F- that was my very first job in high school. <laughs> and you quickly
0: figured out that wasn't where you wanted to be.
1: No, and you know, I graduated high school and got, I think I mentioned this before, but I got accepted to, uh, got accepted into USC as a pre med student. You were going to be a doctor. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a doctor. Wow. I changed my mind quickly.
0: What, yeah. did, what did your I, dad I, say I, about I, that?
1: Well, I dedicated the book to my dad. You know, my dad was very supportive. Of, he knew I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. He knew it from the time I was five years old when he brought the first television home. Right. And I was hooked. And um, so, you know, I... Quickly left USC and uh, got into UCLA in the film and television school.
0: Yeah, but I just find it fascinating that you were a pre-med student and you were on track to become a doctor. And, <laughs> and 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 i just could imagine having that conversation with my dad saying dad look i i don't want to be a doctor anymore i want to call uncle monty and i want to go into tv game shows and i just imagine <laughs> what that conversation was like in my house it was it was not going to be a supportive uh, type of conversation i could tell you that much
1: right well, I knew I was going to have trouble with my mom, but I knew that my dad knew. I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. When Bill Clinton was president for the eight years, I did pretty much everything that they did on television. We did a yearly special on ABC called A Gallup for the President at Ford's Theater. And what I did was um, I set up a thing with, this, with uh, Bill and Hillary's social secretaries, whereby... Before we shot the show, Bill and Hillary hosted sort of a cocktail party for all the talent that was appearing on the show. Right. And everybody went, we went to the White House and we spent an hour with them having wine and they got to speak to all the talent. The talent got to take pictures with them. It was great. So the second year I did that, I decided I would take my parents. And I would take my parents to sit in the audience on the show and meet the president and first lady of the United States of America. So we're standing in line. There was an armed, uniformed uh, person there who was introducing each person that came in the room to meet the president and first lady. They would say, that your Jay Leno hosted the show. So the guy would say, Mr. President, Mrs. Clinton, please meet Jay Leno and his wife, Mavis. And they would go in. And so I was right in line behind Jay and Mavis, right. with my parents. So the guy said, how do you want to be introduced? Right. I said, well, I know the president and the first lady because I'm the producer of the show. So just say Jeff and his parents. Right. You know, and uh, so the guy said, here's Jeff Margolis and his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Margolis. And uh, right before that happened, we're standing in line. I turn around. And I look at my parents, and they've got an ear-to-ear smile on their face, right. and I say to them, and you wanted me to be
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Everybody in your
1: crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right.
0: Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The book is called <laughs> We're Live in Five, My Extraordinary Life. In television, I could go on and talk to you for for another hour, but I know we don't have that kind of time. I really appreciate uh, speaking with you today. Good luck on the book, and uh, congrats right. on all your success and and everything uh, hereafter.
1: Thanks, Jeff. It was a pleasure talking to you. Anytime you want me to come back, I'll be there for you.
0: Great, unbelievable career. Jeff Margolis has been involved in hundreds of award shows and live TV. Also, he talked about his big break was, you know, being the uh, producer director of Richard Pryor in concert. That film was kind of uh, new for the time. You know, uh, it was a feature film and uh, there was comedians doing comedy specials for HBO and stuff like that. But he did this feature film, Richard Pryor live in concert. And he says it was because of that which led to all of his following success, maybe the style in how he shot that particular film. I thought it was incredible that he was on track to become a doctor pre-med at USC. Not a big fan of probably the homework involved in med school and uh, becoming a doctor. So he said TV was his life the second his parents brought that first television home uh, and he became an, an instant fan. So he decided to call his uncle, Monty Hall, Let's Make a Deal. He opened the door for Jeff, who became a cue card holder for Let's Make a Deal. And then things just kind of progressed naturally from there. His first job He didn't say what fast food restaurant, but uh, was working to drive through a window while he was still in high school. So and once again, if I was uh, a pre-med and I had to tell my dad, hey, pop, I'm thinking of uh, dropping out of med school and uh, I want to be on game shows. I think he would have a fit. I think he would hit the roof. But Jeff's dad, pretty supportive. He says his mom, on the other hand, maybe maybe not as supportive, but uh, dad was for more. On the amazing career of Jeff Margolis, his new book, which just came out, We're Live in Five, My Extraordinary Life in Television, available now on Amazon or wherever you buy your books these days. Another great story. And again, you can check out all of our past interviews on celebrityjobber.com. Got a YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash the at sign Celebrity Jobber and available to stream wherever you pod, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of them and would really appreciate a five star rating. If you like this podcast, leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe. Got some great episodes in the hopper coming up, which I could tell you next week is going to be a personal favorite of mine. Not one but two of the Impractical Jokers love that show on True TV. So I can't wait for that next week. As always, I really appreciate your listening. Thank you so much. Until next week, I'm Jeff Zito. Pulling up to Mickey
1: D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.